Welcome everyone to the REST podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Thank you, Natalie. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Today, we're jumping into the different layers of our biology and addressing the misinformation of our general health system with the founders of Optimal Alignment Health, Nanda and Dr. Shirazi. Thank you both for taking the time to discuss this with us. I know this is going to be eye-opening for a lot of people. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Virginia. (laughs) Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. It's It's a pleasure. Okay. I have to give the backdrop story to our meeting. Go for it. First of all, thank you both for contacting me about a month ago because I didn't have your contacts after the fire at the villa. They were packaged and put away. But one of you texted me and said you were in town and I literally felt like I got an early Christmas present from God himself. I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So to say that I'm happy you're here is an understatement. Thank you so much. I met these two wonderful gentlemen at True North, which is probably a premier water fasting facility, perhaps, definitely in the world. Yeah, definitely so. In the world. It's amazing. Under the direction of Dr. Goldhammer, is that correct? Yeah. And you two served there as part of the team, the medical team that really supports people going through this water fasting program. And I was beyond impressed by the things that I heard you say. And like always, I put everything I listen to in the context of what are the implications of what they're saying in this ongoing conversation that I invite people to have about rest. So for today, I thought it would be amazing if you guys could talk about the biology of optimum health in the context of this, but I'm so happy to have this conversation with you too. We're so glad to be here yeah, <laughs> to share absolutely. to share this information with as many people as possible. We had a, a lot of fun when we met, didn't we? Definitely. <laughs> Give people context for that a little bit. It was like Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> we met Virginia. She came up as a firecracker, of course, super passionate and interested in the material that we were sharing. And primarily that material is the natural set point of the body, which is health, which is so often misinterpreted and forgotten And people live in the lie of society where their health is in the hands of their healthcare practitioners and that their health is determined, predetermined by, you know, past and genes and any other factors. When in reality, we have the ability to create vibrant health by going back to the intentional design of the body. Yes, yeah, and I, I, I really want to emphasize the the importance of understanding this intentional design. The thing that we realized in chiropractic school, we got to dissect this brilliant machine over the course of a year. And I can say confidently that there is nothing you will find in life, nothing you will own, nothing that you will possess that is more impressive in design than the human body. And 
with this understanding and then the intention of understanding how it works, how it, what it needs for rest, what it needs for food, what it needs for interdependence and love and acceptance, you start to really get a grasp of what choices you need to make day in and day out Mm -hmm. in order to promote health. It is our disconnection from understanding how it works that keeps us from being able to make the choices necessary. What do you think is the most important thing that people need to understand about the body? You always talk about form and structure and all that. Can you too explain that to our listening audience? That your body is the most valuable thing you will ever own, that you will ever have the experience in that the way we treat our body as a temple or as a trash can determines the quality of life that we experience. If we were to give you, I mean, you can just see it. Like some, if you own uh, an iPad or you own a Ferrari, we used that example earlier, you know how it works. You know how it operates, what fuel it needs. You're not going to take a Ferrari up a mountainside because that's not what it's designed for. So it's understanding What does this vessel need in order to thrive, not survive? Most of us are surviving because you're taking something that is of nature and you're putting it into a situation which is not natural. Sitting down for nine hours a day, not getting sunlight, eating processed foods, not interconnecting with loved ones, not speaking your emotions, not understanding what you're feeling, not expressing grief. This is unnatural. And it's only a matter of time that the body presents with um, what we call dysfunction, disease, pain, anxiety. These are messengers from a very intelligent system that's saying, hey, look here. Mm-hmm. Something's amiss. Yeah. There's a wrench in my system. Yeah. There's a um, wrench in my system. Help me. Yeah. You said earlier that the body is an information processing device. And when that list that you just went through Mm -hmm. is not appropriately processed, whether it's food, feelings, right, that emote, and just the environmental factors that naturally inhibit this information system or that block the flow of information, the consequence of that is illness. It's various states of dis-ease, right? 100%. And just to reiterate, that is what our body is. It is an information processing machine that takes in information from the environment, whether that's biochemical information from our food, neurohormonal chemical information from the thoughts and the patterns that are going on inside of us as belief systems, critical voice, or that that inner enthusiast that is passionate about life and what we love and what is bringing us vitality and then you have force which is the other language of cells which is movement because we are movement incarnate every aspect of our body is always moving that's fantastic biochemical neurohormonal neurohormonal neurochemical yeah those are three ways for people to break down perhaps what their greatest challenge is, right? Yeah, so if you look at, again, like just the nervous system in the brain, so it's like a branch of a tree, 
in the roots are going out into our extremities, into our cells or to the receptors on the skin and then internally. So information is constantly coming in to the brain from the outside world, from the inside world. And as Nanda said, we tend to not, we tend to only want to look at tangible thoughts are tangible. Those are neurosynaptic connections that we, that those in emotions, we get no education on this at all. So by the time we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, we're recognizing some dysfunctional pattern showing up that nobody's taught us about. And we'll talk a bit about societal conditioning because the condi- the society is based not on mental, emotional, spiritual health. It's built off of consumerism. Mm-hmm. So from childhood, you're being trained to how to be a consumer. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why there's no education on emotional intelligence. And that is really one of the foundations of health. What's the single most important component of our biology before we transition into what you just introduced, which is the pleasure trap, right? But before we leave the biology aspect of this, what is a takeaway, a pivotal takeaway thought that our listening audience can hang on to? That's a tough question. It's a tough question, and it plays right into the the pleasure trap and understanding the biology. But you are, and we are animals that have genetic information that has been programmed into us by Mother Nature over however many years you believe the Earth has been around, and that information that's in our genes is designed to get us to perform and live in certain ways that are going to be good for our survival and for our reproduction. Mm-hmm. We're like creatures, right? When we, you think of, yeah, like creatures. We are, we are creatures with a really advanced processing system. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, our awareness that makes us sentient. And understanding that biology and how it's sending us messages and to listen to those messages and to not become in a state where we become helpless to those messages and we feel like there is, there is no hope on the other side, but rather to ask, how can I restore my intentional design with the right information, the right movement, the right mindset, and the right nutrition? And that's really what we were so passionate about when we created Optimal Alignment Health was our slogan is eat right, think right, move right. Mm-hmm. If someone is having difficulties in health, check your nutrition, your movement, and your mindset. Those are the components of the information system. Wow, that's a great explanation. The three components of the information system must be in alignment, Mm -hmm. and you can experience significant measures of health. Something else that I wanted to touch on, too, that you had mentioned was in regards to your thoughts and how that actually affects the chemical balances in your brain and in your body. And I think that's something a lot of people don't actually recognize, right? And we talked about this before, how thoughts have power and words have authority. The power of your words even has the ability to change someone else's chemical makeup, whether it's positive or negative. It has an impact on that person's body as well as your own. And that's just something that people don't consider so when it comes to you know that thought process especially if it's something negative like a lot of negative self-talk I've been taught this in my childhood I don't think a lot of people 
are, but your thoughts are like a river, right? And you have the choice to whether jump into that and get carried away with it or to pick and choose and just let those thoughts kind of go by. But the fact that it changes your chemical balance is just crazy. Leading into the second topic I wanted to discuss, which was this pleasure trap. Yeah. Because there's a lot of environmental factors, I would say toxins competing for that space in our soul, in our mind, in our heart, in our will, in our conscience. Because it's not just, we think about our brains, but no, they're trying to captivate the very essence of our soul, right? Mm. And I want you to talk about that because you both have a lot to say about the pleasure trap. I'll I'll chime in. Um, This ties a little bit into the next category a little bit, but I'll just start off with this notion that the system is designed, it is a pleasure trap, which is to avoid pain, seek pleasure, conserve energy. That is the foundation. You mean the social system. The social, social system, system is actually promoting pleasure, mm-hmm. doing everything in its power to make sure we avoid pain and keeping us lazy as possible. So it's supporting this evolutionary um, default system, mm-hmm. which there's, you don't grow from it. Growth comes from mm-hmm. leaning into pain, mm-hmm. postponing pleasure, using energy. It's like going to the gym. You're going to have to lean into some pain. You're going to have to avoid pleasure for a while, and it's going to use energy. That's how you get better. The social structure is designed to keep us in pleasure. That's why there's fast food restaurants in every corner, bars everywhere you go. Yeah. It's uh, uh, narcotic, drugs, pharmaceutical companies. Make sure you don't feel pain. Mm -hmm. Those systems are the ones that take us out of our dysfunction into growth. That's right. And so... I'll let you expand a little. And you add social media and people, people's habits and right? dating the sites. use with, and just <laughs> yeah, at just their these social yeah. at their fingers, and it's constant. And you see children, and it is a trap, and it's a trap that alienates us from our very own soul, from our, our entire constitution, because there's a numbness, right? There's an autonomic engagement and it almost silences the core and the essence of what it is to be human. You know, this topic is one of my favorite topics because it really gives us the grace to take the authority back over our experience as human beings living here. Talk about that. That's a big idea. Right. (laughs) So, so often we become identified with the experience of how we are feeling. So I say I'm stressed, right? And I feel I am stressed. What we help people do is to break that down and to understand the stress is a hormone, norepinephrine, epinephrine, cortisol. So those are flowing through your bloodstream in response to a thought. The thought triggered the release of those different chemicals into the bloodstream and then as they circulate and they find their, you know, their cell where they are activating on, we experience that feeling and sensation. It's not who you are. It's, it's an experience you're having. Right. So I am experiencing stress. I am experiencing anger. And that's when we get to step back and become the observer of our experience and to recognize what's going on in our body. And that's so powerful. That's a great example. Rephrase that rephrase that to we experience 
the result of our thoughts and our current state as the sensation of these molecules hitting their receptor sites. Mm -hmm. That gives us power to understand, like, you know, hanger is one, right? So when we understand the physiology of, you know, everybody talks about, I'm hangry. You get irritable when you're hungry. This is reverse hypoglycemia where the body is just doing a normal mechanism to release fat for energy, and it does that by releasing cortisol and epinephrine stress hormones right Mm -hmm. so those stress hormones are then flowing through the body and when someone identifies as i am hangry they feel like they have an excuse to act crazy certain way (laughs) exactly right exactly or the the enlightened viewpoint is ah i am starting to experience these hormones in my system and from that place of increased awareness make more enlightened choices in behaviors and treating those around us when we haven't had food in a while. And there's, there's freedom in that, right? Because it gives you the capacity to exercise individual self-government and understand the processes taking place in your body. And I love that narrative because it puts power back in the hands of the person that's experiencing these states of dis-ease instead of the circumstances. And it all happens so quickly that they can easily be confused. It's it's discernment is what we're talking about here. And you have discernment with adequate information. And that's why these first few topics are so important because it explains what is our actual biology, as, as you said, with like glucose dripping or dipping during hangry's episodes? Understanding the pleasure trap, which is, which is an evolutionary system designed to make sure we survived. We are here because we avoided pain, sought pleasure, and conserved energy. That was before the Industrial Revolution where calorie-rich foods were at our fingertips yeah. before we realized that the pharmaceutical industry is pounding out painkillers to keep us from feeling. Mm-hmm. And so with that understanding that, okay, this is my biology. This is an evolutionary system that activates. It's not my willpower. It's not that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. It's a natural, innate system to make sure I survive. Yeah, And I'm living in a system that is not on my side. That's right. So you have to take all of this and recognize when you wake up in the morning you are fighting a neurochemical hormonal system that is in an environment that is opposite of your well-being. Right. And so, That's a great way to put it. Can yeah. you state it one more time? So you are... There's certain things I want people to listen to twice. Great. And I want them to hear it directly from your mouth. And this is, this is really one of the most important things because you... People want to automatically blame themselves. I'm not strong enough. What's wrong with me? These are the questions that perpetuate, but it's not you. Mm -hmm. It's you have a neurochemical hormonal system that is programmed to survive, that's living in a society and environment that's not on your side, that's not built for your well-being. And so that's why our system is so It emphasizes the education necessary. You have to empower yourself with who you are and what environments you're living in. And then at any given moment, what is your system feeding back to you? So you know in discernment, oh, I need to eat 
or I need to separate myself from the situation or I need to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Without information, you're going to react instantly to a system that is trying to survive. Instead of saying, I'm so stressed all the time, I'm depressed, or I'm so weak, I have an eating disorder, an eating problem, you can begin to understand the system, right? And what the processes are in that system to understand what's happening at a different level (laughs) instead of incorporating and embracing all these taglines, speaking to each other in taglines that are really not conducive to health or well-being. No, it degrades it. Exactly. That's what I love that Nanda said was he changed the wording of just saying like, I I am experiencing stress versus I am stressed. You're not taking ownership of it. You're not in reaction to it, you're, you're just, yeah, you're processing it. (laughs) I think that that's so important. And something I want to just admire really quick. We're the only beings on earth that can take that third person view of our own thoughts and feelings and emotions and process it in that way. No other animal on earth, no other being on earth has creatures. Yeah. Has the ability to do that. We're the only ones. And I just wanted to admire that for a second. (laughs) It's cool. (laughs) It's cool to be meta. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To reemphasize one aspect of, of the pleasure trap and just to drive it home in, it's not your fault, right? It's not your fault that you love sugar and calorically dense foods and that you are doing performing these activities because what what Sutton or Dr. Shirazi said about seeking pleasure, avoiding pain, and conserving energy is what's known as the motivational triad. So these activities are what every single living organism performs on Earth in order to survive. Every cell, every amoeba, every living creature seeks pleasure avoids pain, and conserves their energy. Mm -hmm. This is the system that Mother Nature has designed into the living beings to survive and reproduce. Yeah, it sustains life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's not our fault, right? Mm -hmm. That's in our DNA. In the DNA of every cell in our body is the desire to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy. Recognizing that was a major load off my shoulders when I first recognized that because it's not like I'm crazy. It's, oh, I'm an animal. I am nature. Yeah. It's learning how to govern that in the context of the intelligence that man has as a creature (laughs) and the creativity that man has as a creature and the propensity for good and evil that man has as a creature. And I think those processes, and we're going to delve into that mm-hmm. deeper, and we certainly do in the context of rest, but such a good conversation. I want to go on, because we have so much yeah. to talk about, about the societal conditioning and the stages of change. I don't mm. know how you want to manage those two topics, but well, societal conditioning. The, I'll start with societal conditioning to go off of you know, what we were talking about where we, we live in an environment that is not conducive to our health. And one of the main reasons for that is that big companies are paying people millions and millions of dollars to design products that take advantage of these biologic mechanisms that cause us to seek the pleasure over and over and over again, overriding and hijacking our biology. That is the problem that keeps so many of us trapped. 
the seeking pleasure, the avoiding pain, and... And conserving energy. The seeking pleasure one is probably the most predominant issue with health in our culture where it's food. It's the body's designed to prefer calorically dense food. And we all have this really advanced caloric density sensor right in our mouth called our tongue. And it will it will prefer food that is more dense than food that is less dense. That's why green leafy vegetables, about 100 calories a pound, don't taste as good as fruit, which is two to 300 calories per pound. Mm-hmm. And then as you go up and up and up, you get to oil, which is completely a superhuman food that doesn't exist in nature, which is 4,000 calories a pound. So you get something like that. Why do we deep fry everything? And people get (laughs) obsessed with how calorically dense can we make food? Deep fried ice cream, deep fried Twinkies, like that's ridiculous. And of course, what's that going to do when you put it in your mouth? Your body's going to say, oh, jackpot. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is amazing. (laughs) This is going to keep me alive. Mm -hmm. That's what the body's saying. And that pleasure response to the caloric density of what we're eating is just mother nature's way of reinforcing that behavior. Cause if you were out in the wild and you came across a deep fried Twinkie that would sustain you for longer than if you found a head of broccoli. Right. So the need to seek pleasure to avoid pain and conserve energy is really leveraged for money, control, right. Power authority and the responsibility that we all have is to understand these things so we can regulate them and we are not enslaved by them right Mm -hmm. and that's why i was so happy to have you here because it's a new way for many people to begin looking at things a little bit differently great explanation by the way and that's the the stages of change right dr shirazi oh i'm gonna go on social conditioning because i think it's the premise of how we're making choices Mm -hmm. and it so far removes us from our true nature really we like to tell people you know like the fundamental objectives of cellular health physical health is so that way you can live this um profound human experience from a state and place of divinity and from a state and place of authenticity That means you're waking up in the morning and you're showing up fully as yourself, your whole self. However, the systems have told us from birth who we need to be, Mm -hmm. meaning our sense of worth is not even with us in the now moment. It's often some future time and place. It's in the future when I get the house, when I'm married, when I have enough money. When When you become, right? When we become. When I become. And so the system sells us on unworthiness. That means you are not worthy. It's in every commercial. Mm -hmm. And when you understand neuroplasticity, we have been drinking the Kool-Aid since birth. Yeah. And Mm. we're chasing some form of self-love and self-acceptance, this big hole in us. And then you pair that with the physiology of these high sugar foods and pleasure seeking behaviors, we're filling a hole that will never be filled from the outside. That's right. Yeah. It has to be understood that the social conditioning from schooling is not in, is not leading us to wholeness. What's a practical tool pertaining to this one subject that's a good takeaway for people? Is to social conditioning alone. 
social conditioning alone is to recognize where there is dissonance in how you're showing up when you walk out the door. Are you doing it to please others? Are you making choices from a state of, I need to be in order to be accepted? Or are you being honest and authentic when you, when you step out that door? And having an understanding, I think, beginning again with our biology and these things that really oppose the natural function and operation of our biology becomes important because there's a different level of awareness, right? Which is why we're having this conversation. And I think a different level of grace as well, because then you can have grace and forgiveness with yourself when you <laughs> are, you know, feeling like, oh my gosh, I need yeah. to have this. You're like, why am I feeling this way? Right. Like, why do I want this piece of mm-hmm. cake or whatever? Why do I want this so bad? No, I understand what's going on with me. You know, have grace with yourself and have forgiveness towards yourself. And it's, yeah, I love, I love this conversation. I don't think you can do it without self-compassion and grace you can't live in this world and transform without that grace because it's too easy to judge ourselves because everybody's eyes are judging each other there's so many things competing yeah to govern the core of who we are as sacred beings and we have so much power and so much authority that i think the things that oppose us come at us right? With an incredible level of intensity and a fundamental understanding of really the power and authority that we have as we have understanding of these things, right? To really live differently. The things you guys are talking about, and I like this concept of grace that, you know, Natalie brought up and that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. it is necessary to exercise grace. And that will come naturally once you understand how you're really pre-wired for greatness mm-hmm. and to live beyond what most people really grasp in a lifetime. I think that's a wonderful thing that's happening with the whole COVID thing and the vaccine. And there's so much information. People are becoming so sensitive and so aware to the information that's been out there for some of us for the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years that that we've had access to. That's why we got into the functional practice of wellness, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's the upside. that, and I, and I think that's the encouragement I want people to feel as they grasp the information that you're giving us. Just your talking points alone should be a source of encouragement to say, wait. There's more. That's it. There's, There's more. There's so much more. So much more. And that's the the next aspect of a tool to radically change our lives is to... The stages of change, right? The next... Be willing to evaluate where am I dysfunctional? What is no longer working for me? We can... We, you know, we talk about dysfunction and function a lot as far as our behavior patterns and as far as what is truly providing a elevated state of existence or what is taking away from our life satisfaction. And it comes to, you know, is something adaptive and moving forward or is it non-adaptive and is it holding me back? And that's the first stage of, of change, of anything, is recognizing that the first stage is unconscious dysfunction. Where we are because that's what I was going to ask you. Describe function and dysfunction simply for people. 
adaptive versus non-adaptive. Okay. So if I'm bending over at my, in using my low back to bend over, and every time I bend over, my back hurts, and I keep doing that over and over and over again, that's dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. If we now replace that bending forward pattern with one where we're using our hips more appropriately and we're pushing our hips back and then our back all of a sudden doesn't hurt, that's adaptive, that's functional. And that's with nutrition. You know, if we're eating foods that are causing us to be inflamed, have psoriasis, right, or to have arthritic symptoms or generalized inflammation, that's dysfunctional. It's uncomfortable and it's painful. That's interesting because you could apply that to emotional, exactly. not yeah. just physical things, but emotional things, right? When we violate our conscience, that's dysfunctional. We are feeling uncomfortable. So when there's I, a physical. When I ignore my grief, for example. That's right. You know, like, oh, somebody really important to me passed away and I'm back at work in two days and I'm putting on a facade to not show it. That's a dysfunctional habit. You are intended to feel grief and move through it and the compounding effects of that are devastating to our health and sometimes to our life right a hinge a crooked hinge on a door will open and close for a long time right it it will open and close for a long time however eventually that crooked hinge is going to start to wear down and deteriorate and degenerate around where there's too much force being applied That's one way to think about the adaption of how our body will compensate. And when it's emotional and spiritual compensations, that builds up in much different aspects of our existence. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, those compensations lead to serious declines in in health and our ability to enjoy life. Yeah, the structure slowly compromised, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Spiritual dysfunction, too, is one that that you can be spiritually dysfunctional. And even when we're talking about spirituality, really what we're talking about is oneness, true interconnectedness as the life experience is, meaning I am programmed to the rising and setting of the sun. Mm-hmm. You can't love take that. that. You can't take that away. That is a spiritual connection that when the sun goes down, I produce melatonin from my pineal gland to put me to sleep. And when it rises, the light is triggering cortisol to wake me up. Mm-hmm. The exchange between oxygen and carbon dioxide, we are interconnected to nature. That's right. And so you're dysfunctional if you are in an enclosed room without sunlight, not in nature. Because we are designed spiritually to be interconnected to everything. And I think it's one of the foundations of true disease is our separateness, our inability to recognize the oneness, the interconnectedness, the non-separateness between race and religion or anything that we need each other. Well, what I love about Mm. what you're saying about the sunrise and the sunfall in our circadian rhythms, right? right? And what's happening between 10 and Midnight, and we're going to get into all of that later, but yeah, we're so interconnected, and anything that hinders that is going to diminish our capacity to function in an optimal way. And so when you look at this fundamental knowing that the systems that raise me that are dysfunctional have trained me, naturally then I am in dysfunction. So now my superhuman power is to find solutions to the problem. That's what humans do best. We resolve issues. We resolve dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So the question is, where am I dysfunctional in my physical movement, in my emotional states, in my spiritual states, in my mental states? 
now the work begins because then I can say, who has the solutions? How do I move to conscious function? Mm-hmm. Meaning I am now aware. First, I'm consciously dysfunctional. Now I know what I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Then I'm consciously functional. I know the correct way. Oh, I'm supposed to grieve for as long as I need to grieve. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be connected to nature. I'm supposed to move from my hips. That's right. Where we lose individuals is that they give up before they practiced it long enough. Which brings right. us to our next topic, because I love what you're saying. And there's so much that can be said about this. But I, I want to take, I want to, this last point you wrote on your outline of why this conversation is important is fasting. When we're in a state of dysfunction in enough areas in our life, and we talk about this here quite a bit, we have to do what? We have to stop everything, clear out all the debris, and in your outline, you put it in the form of fasting. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way exactly, but as you were talking, I was thinking, wow, this is where, when all the debris and the confusion and the chaos, whether it's in our body, our spirit, our soul, there has to come this reset. A reset is necessary almost. And when I think about fasting, I think about a reset. That's what happened to me when I went to True North. It was amazing. I just did a five-day juice fast. But it was a whole reset in my body. I lost 10 pounds, easy, and kept, I think, eight or nine off. But it was what it did for me mentally that was the most significant. And I know I came back and I mm-hmm. said, wow, right, Natalie? Yeah, you felt like you had cleaned your room. I felt like I had cleaned <laughs> my room. And so next I want to do a water fast mm-hmm. for that reason. Yeah. But as we're speaking about our biology, this pleasure trap, the societal conditioning, the stages of change, and, the, and, and just um, the functional facet of how all these things work together, But I'm thinking about people that may be listening to us that everything is coming at me at once and I'm thinking, I'm a big mess. I think that's what fasting kind of represented to me, a cleansing. But I'll let you guys finish. No, and that's that's beautiful. And that revelation only comes from asking, what is, is there more that I'm capable of? Am I capable of feeling better? Am I capable of being more in alignment mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically? When our 3D, our body gets out of alignment, it affects our ability to benefit from, you know, the higher states and consciousness and everything. And the fast, it really, it goes back to that first stage of becoming the observer of our life experience and evaluating it, not caught up in the stories and in the narratives of what is and what has been. But being able to evaluate that information and look at it and go, is this functional? Is this dysfunctional? Is this helping me to adapt? Is this not helping me to adapt? And when we can look at it objectively as just information, we can take the steps to restore that balance. So how does fast be practical about the fast component? Because right. that was amazing. But I like to I like because I did a 14-day fast when I was at True North and I recognized on day eight the ego consumer was bowing at my feet. The thing that is constantly needing attention, validation, sugar, food, 
busyness, it finally bread. Butter, butter, French baguette, warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing that almost seems that pastries that it powers the ship, that it's the driver of the ship. It never gets a day off, so it's always consuming because it's in a system that's constantly consuming. Yeah, fasting is you taking your sovereignty back over neurochemical systems, mm. and finally, after decades of this thing running the show. Clarity shows up because I'm no longer in these loops of dopamine, serotonin, adrenaline, cortisol. Because the second you wake up, you're grabbing your coffee, you're running out the door, you're back in the loop. Fasting shuts that neurochemical system off, and then you get to see what you truly are, the sovereignty of your choices. Mm. And that is what you want to direct your life in, is not being neurochemically um, controlled. So fasting for, for us, you know, it's a, it's a protocol. The second you go down that road too far and you're not making choices that you can't say no to that coffee if you wanted to, or you can't say no to the croissant if you wanted to, that means your sovereignty is taken away from you. You need to retrain this neurochemical evolution system to say, Hey, I'm boss. I make the choices. I'm eating it because I want to, I'm consuming that because I want to, not because I'm reacting. And I'm so excited to bring this fasting component, water fasting, and an expanded version of this conversation to the villa and to rest. So this is going to be an ongoing conversation. Thank you both so much. And we'll continue in part two talking about what, the what aspect of alignment, what we do. Yes, so we'll be back next week with that. All right, everyone, don't forget our next afternoon of rest is on November 13th at the Villa and revolves around loving others well. You can also bring a spouse, child, or parent with you for 75% off the registration fee. Also, Virginia and I will be in Nashville, Tennessee, November 8th and 9th for an afternoon of rest hosted by Plum. There have been drastic pricing changes, so if you are in that area, we will have a few spots available and would love to see you there. All the information and registration for both events are under our events tab on virginiadixon.com. If you would like more information about Optimal Alignment Health, Nanda, and Dr. Shirazi, please go to OptimalAlignmentHealth.com. You can also find Dr. Shirazi on Instagram at Dr. Shirazi, that's S-H-E-R-A-Z-E-D-C on Instagram. And then for updates about rest in this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to VirginiaDixon.com forward slash collaborate. Before I end, thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate this conversation, and I'm sure that everyone else who's listening does too. Thank you, guys. This has been great. Thanks. Thank you. All right, thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.